Good afternoon, Peter. This afternoon, you've got a topic that's it's kind of close to my heart these days, because we're ask, you're going to ask the question, are we getting enough? Sleep, that is. <laughs> and the, the answer to both is no. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry that you're not getting enough sleep. sleep. Yeah. So um, how are we going to get to take through the program today? Well, look, sleep's something that, um, you know, it's a question we often ask our partner when we wake up in the morning, how did you sleep? And we actually spend, uh, like ideally we should spend, we'll talk about the right time, but at least a third of our day asleep. So if you live for 90 years, you really need to be asleep for 30 years. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite remarkable, isn't it? And there's, there's, you know, really important reasons why we need to have that amount of sleep. And perhaps going through some tips on how we can uh, get a little bit more sleep as well for those of us who don't. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with the obvious stuff. What, what actually does sleep do for us? Why do we need it and why is it important to our body as a whole? Well, look, it, it comes back to, I think, thinking about, um, you know, the, the ideal amount of sleep for us is, uh, from what I've sort of come across, is seven to nine hours. Okay, so there's still, is a, bit of, still a bit of scope there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, and you know, maybe as we as we get a bit older, we can do with a little bit less sleep. Uh, maybe when you're younger, we need a little bit more sleep. But seven to nine hours, to so say eight hours, would be you know ideal. That really is literally a third of our day. So, if you imagine that, that you know, we literally spend a third of our life asleep. That sleep's got to be really important for a whole host of functions. So, what happens if we don't get the right amount of sleep? What happens to our body? Well, it impacts impacts you know plays a crucial role in our overall health and well being. Impacts everything from brain function, heart health, body weight to mood. Um, without enough it does sleep, that that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, without enough sleep, your body can go into a pre diabetic state. Uh, makes you feel hungry, even if you've already eaten. Um, Consistent sleep deprivation can cause a raise in your blood pressure, uh, making you a prime candidate for a heart attack or a stroke. Um, and, you know, if you're getting less than six or seven, less than six hours of sleep, less than six hours sleep a night, I would consider that sleep deprivation. Okay, so what we really need, and, and, and as you said, there's so many ways that they can hurt us by not getting the right amount of sleep, everything from heart attacks to even feeling more hungry than we need to. Yeah, absolutely, and, um, you know, things like increased accidents at work and on the road. You know, and sleep apnea is, this is without even taking into consideration sleep apnea, which I've, I might do a segment on that actually because it's, it's called the silent killer and it's rapidly growing as well. But this is just without people having issues where, you know, you might sleep only for six hours and you're not getting quality sleep because of apnea. So increased accidents at work on the road, weight gain. You know, a lot of my clients that have trouble losing weight, it's, it can be because they're not sleeping enough. So they're producing more cortisol during the day just to function diabetes, depression. Um, now, interestingly, with depression, more than half the people diagnosed half the people diagnosed with depression also suffer insomnia. And it's a bit of which comes first, the chicken or the egg. And I've seen that so many times. One of the signs that someone has depression or is going down that pathway is chronic sleep issues for a long period of time prior, particularly if they'd never had issues before. So are so, you f finding from the, the patients that are coming into your practice that... The, the depression and issues around that, that's one of the big things that are causing people not to get enough sleep that you're uncovering? Or there are some other things uh, there? Look, it definitely, definitely can be part of it. But there's um, um, like one of the things that I commonly see in practice is people that run off that adrenaline or nervous energy. We call them um, anxiety tetanic types from an iridology point of view. But anyway, these guys um, often will get tired around 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock of a night time, but they sort of 
push themselves through that. And these are the guys that stay up way too late because their their hormone, their stress hormones have kicked back in again. I'm an AT as well. Like I've got a, a bad challenge. If, if I don't make myself go to bed, I get second wind of a night time and mm-hmm. stay up way too late. And then wake up in the morning feeling tired, saying, I'm so going to bed early tonight. But it doesn't happen. Nighttime yeah. comes around again and you find something else to distract you. So I think part of the big reason for a lot of people is that they're going to bed too late. You know, I always say that the ideal ideal um, um, time to sleep is, you know, is the, you know the old saying, it's the hours before midnight that, that count. But I think being overstimulated during the day is probably one of the big reasons why more and more people are having trouble getting to bed and maybe, you know, being able to stay asleep once they are asleep. You mentioned time of day and time of night. That can be a bit of a problem for folks that have been shift working and have yeah. odd hours, things like that. How, how do they survive? How do they do it? And they shift, shift workers basically just have to do the best they can. And um, unfortunately, you can't catch up on sleep that you miss out on. So you've just got to keep doing your best, though. So if you finish shift work, you've got to think, right, that first day after night work, you have to think of that as a sleep day. So many younger guys, particularly I see that do shift work, will come home from night work, have a couple of hours or a few hours sleep, and then think of that as another day they've got to like do a, stuff. Like a bonus. Yeah, but you kind of really have to be firm on when you're going to um, when you're going to sleep and when you're going to and how long you're going to sleep for. So, what is it about night specifically <laughs> over day that 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 is sleep time? I mean, what what is it that about the the atmosphere or what we get from the Sun and no sun. That well, it's that it's time. interesting. The Nobel Prize last year, I think it was, one of the the the, the prizes that was won was to do with um, recognizing that the body has. We all know the body has a clock, a circadian rhythm. You know, the old saying is that we should be, you know, bed with the fowls and up with the chooks or whatever. So, quite literally, you know, we have a twenty-four hour. The body has a twenty-four hour time schedule, and different things happen at different times. The work on the Nobel Prize was looking at that cells actually have their own timing and different organs have their own timing, and but the master controller is the kind of the brain. So we sort of forget that, that our body's doing all of this stuff to keep us well and keep us healthy, you know, at specific times, you know, the brain's detoxing and getting rid of um, proteins that might, you know, increase our risk of Alzheimer's. Between 1 and 3 a.m., according to Chinese medicine, is when your liver's detoxing. Of a night time. So if you're getting up between then or if you, and this is a classic, like often when people are younger, if they have a couple of drinks, they feel they can sleep better. But a lot of my patients, as they get old, if they have a couple of alcoholic drinks, they actually wake up between one to three because that's when the liver's detoxing and processing that alcohol. So, so it's, that's when it's going to work according, according to the information and then that's waking them up. Waking them up, you know, with a hot flush or because of the, it's breaking them out of their sleep cycle. Mm. All righty, we'll continue our chat with Peter very shortly. If you've, maybe, I reckon, Peter, can we even throw it open nice and early if someone's got a, a, their own home remedy, do you reckon? Yeah, I'd love to hear from um, some people that have maybe had sleep problems and then found something natural that's really seemed to help. Today, Peter, all about sleeping and the right amount of sleep, which we've, I guess, deducted to be between seven and nine hours. You want, want to delve a little bit deeper in how our hormones actually affect our health. Yeah, well, it's actually yeah it's actually our hormones like we we don't make ourselves wake up and we don't consciously make ourselves go to sleep um what the body again is part of this 24 hour um schedule you know our lowest body temperature is about 4:30 in the morning that's when our thyroid and our body's at its lowest ebb 
um, from 4.30 our thyroid kicks in, start to produce thyroid hormone and then ideally at about 6.30, 6.45 we should get a, big, a message from our brain to our adrenals to give us a big shot of cortisol and that's what should wake us up in the morning. And that cortisol is our long-term stress coping hormone so it should be down to half by lunch, by tea time nearly back to normal and by about 9 o'clock our cortisol level should be right back down to nearly zero and that allows then the brain or signals the brain to then kick in and produce melatonin. So it's a melatonin that then starts to be produced that puts us into our sleep cycles. So the ideal time, like there's theories around that um, our endocrine system, particularly our adrenals, start to recover from about 9 till 11. So again, if you're up till 11 o'clock of a night time, you're not getting that recovery time for your adrenals and your stress coping. And then when we sleep, so melatonin puts us in these six deep cycles of deeper and deeper, deeper, lighter, lighter, lighter. So we sort of go into in and out of these deep cycles as we sleep. And um, if your nervous system is still too turned on, because a lot of people will go to bed and, and fall asleep quickly, but if their nervous system's still too turned on, when they get to one of these lighter patches, they'll actually wake up, and they'll wake up and feel bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and then if they miss that next cycle, they can be awake for another 90 minutes. Mm before they get the next one. If they miss that one, it's three hours that will be awake staring at the wall or... or staring at their mobile phone, perhaps. Yeah, well, they're checking their clock to see that they're, um, you know, how, how much time's gone <laughs> The bright light hits them and it's all over. Yeah, and yeah. then the more stressed you get worrying about not being able to sleep, your more, more stress hormones kick in, the melatonin doesn't get a chance, and then you're, you're stuck with a really bad sleep cycle. So, so do you reckon the second that you feel like it's it, you're going to fall asleep, like it, stop fighting it, just just go to bed, that's probably the, the easiest? I know that's a pretty ABC-type answer, but do you think that's the, the simplest way to do it, the best way? Yeah, look, I, I do. I think um, in some respects, like the ideal time to go to sleep probably is about 9, 9.30, you know, 10 o'clock. 10.30 at the latest. And you keep pushing it back. I know, because I'm saying nine, and I would struggle to get to bed at yeah. nine myself, particularly if you've just come home from work and you're overstimulated. Mm. you kind of got to give your body a chance you to do, settle don't you? Even if you've been bit. out for the night somewhere, you come back and you, you just cannot. You need that time in the middle to sort of, I need to relax, I need to yeah, calm absolutely. down. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we'll talk about this in a bit in the next section, but you don't want to be watching TV right till you go to bed. Like You don't really? want to be on your computer right till you go to bed because... You go to bed and you've stimulated parts of your brain that, again, will take a while to settle. So many of my clients say that you know they'll have a really big day out. They'll go to the shops. They'll go visit people or friends or whatever, and they'll say, you know, I'm so going to sleep well tonight. I've had such a big day. But they're often the days that you won't sleep well because you've, you've got too much stress hormone in your system. And stress hormone is a bit like you know having a cup of coffee. Like caffeine's got a half-life of six hours. So if you get yourself all stressed and revved up, it's kind of like you've had five cups of coffee and now you're going to go to bed and think that you're going to be able to fall asleep quickly. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We've kind of got to work in with, work in with, you know, when the nervous systems should be calming down, we should be doing things to encourage that. You know, have a bath before going to bed. I often say to my clients, one of the best ways to start to, well, I read an article one time and it said the best way to reset your sleep patterns is to go camping. <laughs> Because yeah. camping, you know, come 8.30, well, what else can you do? there's nothing else yeah. to do. So that can be a way of helping to get back into a cycle. Those those nighttime <clears throat> sleep rituals can be a, a bit tricky too in daylight saving time when it's nearly light till blink at 9 o'clock at night. Yep, yep, and it does, it throws you out. But I often recommend um, reading for my patients that are having trouble starting to fall asleep. 
And what I suggest is, you know, going to bed, um, making sure that you've, you know, lay down for a little while first, reading, um, go to the toilet, brush your teeth, get right ready, and then keep reading to the point where you can just quietly put your book down and turn the light off. Mm. You don't want to then get up and go to the toilet and then brush your teeth yeah. because you've Do all the nighttime stuff back first. up. Maybe reading a, a boring book as well, that might put you to sleep. <laughs> you certainly don't want any reading material that's going to get you overstimulated. Either, that's exactly right. You know I mean, it needs Peter. to be calming, calming <laughs> reading. For those who are struggling with sleep, there are a few basic things that they should be doing. Uh, can you take us through some of those some of those things this afternoon? Yeah, look, absolutely. And and just to um just to reiterate, like I say this to my patients all the time, one of the most important things from a health point of view you can do, it's up there with my top three, along with diet and exercise, is oh. making sure that you do get good quality sleep. Like nothing in your body is going to work properly if you're not getting enough rest, which makes sense, but we sort of forget that, that it's when we're asleep is when the body does all the incredible things to keep us well and living as long and healthy as we can. Yeah. So but we miss, sleep we, is we, essential. We, we quite often forgive the sleep, don't we? We sort of say, we'll just pass uh, it. And it'll oh, be we okay. think we'll catch up. We'll have a late night and we'll catch up, but you never catch back up. So a couple of things you've got here, creating a healthy sleep routine. Yeah, so going to bed at the same time each night, wake up at the same time each morning, and ensure you get at least seven to nine hours sleep per night. And the theory, like different theories, like some people think you should maintain that routine even on the weekend. Other people think that having a sleep in on the weekend is restorative. I'm probably a bit of bit of both. Like I think having a sleep in if you've had a big week is actually a beneficial thing. Mm. But I can see the benefit of that routine. I think if you're not sleeping until like eleven or twelve or something. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. That's going to stuff you. You're completely stuffed when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you've ruined your weekend. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so, electronic, electronic devices probably give those a miss, a bit of a given. Yeah, computers, mobile phones, iPads, anything like that after seven, you know, can trick your body into thinking the lights from those devices can trick your body into thinking it's still daylight time and it does affect your melatonin production. Okay. And uh, keeping your room as dark as possible, this is something I don't actually do. Yeah, well, I, I love it. I'll often have a. Yeah. I get to sleep with um some. Gla- like oh, you um, don't. I must. You don't. If my watch, if my wife is reading, I don't like any light when I go to sleep. I'll put just some some light eye masks on. Oh, mm. see the things you learn. I know. You learn. So I have, I have to have the window open, and I so I can sort of see yeah. across. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the blinds closed in complete darkness. Well, the other thing is um, avoiding overheating as well. Mm. So the ideal temperature for sleep is around eighteen degrees, which is why oftentimes people will sleep better in winter. Yeah. But you still, but I'm still with you. I still will have the blinds shut and the window open behind the blinds. Oh, I can't stand no, the thought of not having fresh air. Yeah, well, I do. I will have the window open, fresh yeah. air freak, and the blinds open. So that that's me too. Um, avoid exercising and eating a big meal before bed. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Not overstimulating yourself. And um, keep in mind, you don't want to have a big meal and then go to bed because when you're asleep, your digestive system will turn itself off. So all that food will just sort of sit there. You're more likely to have heartburn or reflux and, you know, wake up the next morning not feeling great. And I'm guessing you want us to lay off the coffee and the grog. Absolutely. No coffee after midday if you're having sleep problems. <laughs> you are not going to be very popular with that. <laughs> so ideally one coffee a day if you're going to have coffee and have it early in the morning. But try not to have anything after midday um, just to avoid overstimulation before bedtime. Remembering that caffeine's got a half-life of six hours. So six hours later you've still got half the amount of caffeine in your bloodstream. And it can override melatonin 
and you know it makes you ignore your body's cries for sleep. And pretty much the same for the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying before, the liver's detoxing between one and three, so it'll actually you know can pop you awake if you've had a couple of drinks. And uh, what about a small? You, you got this one down. It's interesting. Having a small protein snack before bed. Now, you first you say don't eat, but then you say uh, have yeah, some protein. Look, not for everybody, this one, but some people do well with a small protein snack, like some, um, you know, cashew cheese and rice crackers, or you know, some yogurt and some frozen berries. Like for some people, protein can help just stop their blood sugar levels from crashing while they're asleep. Um, magnesium is one of my favorite supplements for starters if you're having trouble going to sleep and taking the magnesium, you know, over night time. Um, there's also some great herbal teas that you can take. Um, we'll have to make, I'll have to make up a herb mix, a sleep mix for people using herbs like kava, valerian, passionflower, which are some of our powerful sedative herbs. So, um, sometimes we'll do that with someone as well as these, um, changing routine We'll try a herb mix that you take at dinner and before bed, you know, for a few weeks just to try mm-hmm. and snag or, or re, re, um, re-establish that healthy sleeping pattern. And finally, what about melatonin for those with insomnia? That's a good one, I hear. Yeah, melatonin is great. And um, one that um, we've been getting some great results with as well is called... Um, 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 yeah, great results, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, I'm having a mental five HTP, <laughs> which is a sleep. precursor, precursor, or a, a bi, or a, um, uh, it's to do with tryptophan. Anyway, sometimes taking five HTP will give you a better result than melatonin. But there's some there's some great stuff. As I said, sleep is probably one of the most important things, top three to get right if you want to have good health. If you've got autoimmune, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, anxiety, or depression. Getting your sleep patterns good is absolutely paramount. Basically, you won't get better unless you can improve that sleep. Wonderful. Thanks for that today, Peter. And some great talks coming up. Now, there was one for uh, next week, but that's sold out. That's the Lee Holmes Gut Health Talk. So can't go to that one. However, uh, she'll be joining you next week. Yeah, Lee's coming in with me on the radio next week. So as you said, unfortunately, her talk is sold out. or It's a free talk, but there's um, no seats left. Um, but, yeah, I'll be asking Lee some questions on the radio next week about her views on gut health, which should be really interesting, actually. It will. And uh, something else that I can have no input on is the following uh, talk after that. It's uh, Amanda's fertility talk. That's right. Okay, no, you... no clue. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is – you'll learn a lot, actually, because, you know, men's hormonal balance, you know, is a real thing as well as women's hormonal balance. So when we talk about fertility, we actually talk about – and Amanda will be talking this – that you know, fifty percent over fifty percent of fertility issues these days are attributed to male health. That sounds fair. That does sound fair, doesn't it? it takes oh. two to tango, they say. <laughs> it does. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and everything else. Peter, uh, thank you for that. A couple of great talks. Some limited seats available for that one, and we'll be back with you next week on the radio. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.